Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. Carolyn, I've heard, I was going to say, do you ever want to start the program? I always start the program, but I'm thinking, I bet Carolyn gets on your nerves. Carolyn, I have heard you've got it pretty easy. You've heard that. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Maybe Maybe it's relative. Maybe it depends on what you consider pretty easy. I'll go with that. Well, I think you're right. I think it's a, it has, you have to figure out what the measure of that would mm-hmm. be. So what do you think the measure of that should be? Hmm. And then I'll tell you what I've heard. <laughs> well, um, let's see here. Hmm. This is interesting question. I would say everyone has struggles and stress in their life, so I don't think you can really measure it by that. I would say extra struggles and stress in your life perhaps I'm not really sure how to define that Um, because some things we bring on ourselves and some things we can't help so hmm I don't know of anybody that has it quote pretty easy because even on the outside looking on the outside and everything might seem like they have it all together and they don't have any problems I guarantee they have problems so even if they don't think they do hmm so I would venture to say that that's kind of an illusion, that there is no pretty easy, but it just varies in how much extra you think you have. And I would <laughs> that's a also, roundabout answer, but... Well, I also would agree with you. I think most people are going to look at it that way. They're going to look at the situations and circumstances they're given and then try to measure comparable Mm-hmm. Do their own, maybe others, past experiences, what people are going through currently. Well, like today, we would ha- everybody would have it pretty easy compared to like if we live in the 1800s. Well, you can measure that too by struggle and strength. There's so many different things that you can measure by. But what I heard was... Y- I hope it was good. <laughs> what? You keep saying what I heard. What I, I heard was <laughs> that God trusted you enough to make a good decision with whatever circumstances or situation he's given you. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's another interesting point. You always bring up these interesting points because you don't know the backstory of what I know about it. Because I struggle with that. I struggle with making decisions. I know that's a big shocker to you. Because I want to make the right decision. And I have grown to learn that even if I make the wrong decision, that he can take something like that and make something good from it. So... For example, we're looking for a house. That's a big deal. I don't want to make the wrong choice. I don't want to live somewhere forever because this is going to be our forever house in a place I don't like. (laughs) I'm just being honest. So it's a big deal. But, you know, somebody said, well, you know, you make the wrong choice. Do you not believe that God can't do something good from that? Great friend spoke that to me. So I said, yeah, I do believe that. So it's funny that you asked that because I do struggle with the... With trusting us sometimes in, in bigger decisions, but I'm learning that um, he can take my mistakes, which I already knew that, but to believe it is another thing that he can change that into something wonderful. And he is not into telling you literally what to do. 
Yeah. He is not into telling you literally right. as in materially. Mm-hmm. Nor big flashing sign. Nor do I think God wants to put somebody in charge of telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. And with that at the same time, however, God wants to tell you what to do, but mm-hmm. he wants to tell you what to do from within yourself, within your own heart. Mm-hmm. Now, some people would find all that decision-making stuff incredibly difficult mm-hmm. and quite the contrary, opposite of easy. And maybe there's a time in all of our lives when we realize just what we're talking about on the podcast today <laughs> We have total freedom mm-hmm. to do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. Then you say, oh, no. Yes, you have total freedom to mm-hmm. do whatever you want, given the situation, circumstance. Mm-hmm. Which means there are others that will influence, there are other factors, there are other powers that be that will direct or try to direct, and there'll be even some that want to try to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. But you ultimately always have the final say and how you respond to that. This is true. And God does want you to know, have confidence, Mm -hmm. maybe not in just yourself, Mm -hmm. but what makes all this work is he's alive within you and has always been. You've just not known it. Mm -hmm. And it took a while to come to an awareness, insight, and then with that, own it. <laughs> that was okay. that was the first question. Okay, there's more. The second question is, Carolyn, mm-hmm. do you think there's ever going to be anything that comes between you and I? Like majorly comes between you and I? I can't imagine that. No. Me neither. I I'm would not want no. to. Yeah, I'm going to say no. <laughs> That was an easy question. Well, it was easy for you to answer, but I appreciate your commitment. (laughs) But, you know, at the same time, though, I know there will be. You know why? I think if you allow it. I think something could come between us, but we don't have to... Anybody. We don't have to stay separated. I mean, there can be resolution. Well, I didn't ask that. I just said us. something okay. between us. Okay, well. Because but, you're right, though. And that and that is the full picture of it, is we make right. a commitment to work through whatever differences we have. Right. But the good news for me is that I got it easy. Mm-hmm. And when I got it easy, you got it easy. And we've established mm-hmm. the easy is that God trusts us enough to make a good decision. Mm-hmm. Not because you want me to do something. Mm-hmm. I want you to do something. Not mm-hmm. because I'm going to tell you what to do or you're going to tell me what to do. But because we both operate with choice, liberty, Mm -hmm. and we both operate with the same relationship, at least potentially, Mm -hmm. the same Holy Spirit, God's in me alive, God's in you alive, there'll come a point in time when he might take you in a different direction. And because we're talking about freedom here, mm-hmm. there is one, no way that I could make you do something that otherwise you know is contrary to what God wants you to do, which is really saying, if you do what God wants you to do, it's all good. It's all easy. Mm-hmm. The other side of, not in the material way, there's always struggles, as you point out. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that is, is that 
I shouldn't want to make you do that. I shouldn't want to make you conform to what I think is right or God's telling me to do, especially if I don't have your full heart. Mm-hmm. Now, I hope nothing comes between us, but I'm asking this question because there are examples in the Bible, and one that particularly comes to mind for me is the conflict between the disagreement between Paul and Barnabas. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and go there, Acts 15, verse 36. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them, (laughs) from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them, that they departed asunder one from another or one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. Mm-hmm. So we have already kind of set this, tried to set this, establish, establish all of this within context of a good thing, a positive thing. A godly thing. Okay. So we don't have to necessarily question the convictions of either of these persons. Mm-hmm. But I did want to ask, what do you think got between them? Well, it talks about taking Mark. I mean, excuse me, taking John, um, also called Mark. Uh, Barnabas wanted to do that. Paul didn't want to do it. And then it says they had such a sharp disagreement. So, one wanted one thing, the other wanted something else. And they couldn't resolve that. And so they parted company. <laughs> so, what was the difference? That's a, that's a really brief summary. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, you know, it's interesting. My NIV says they had such a sharp disagreement. So, apparently it was more than just a little discussion. (laughs) However, I believe in the sovereignty of God. And so, for whatever reason, this happened. And we know what all Paul and Silas went on and, and, and had adventures. But... I think that... You know, Barnabas was the first one, by the way, that vetted Paul. <laughs> he was the one that took Paul to the apostles and said, he's a good guy. He's, he's okay. He's, oh no, he's a Jew. He was part of crucifying... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't the guy that took Paul to the man's house where he stayed for three days. No, he took him back to Jerusalem, though, and, okay. and they were scared to okay. death of him. And Barnabas yeah. befriended Paul. Mm-hmm. And gave Paul, I guess, (laughs) a recommendation. And said, no, no, just, I've been with him. He's a good guy. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we know Barnabas was an awesome, I guess, disciple Mm -hmm. of Christ. Mm -hmm. 
And would therein, as part of the church, be concerned about ministering to others? He seemed to have a huge heart. Mm-hmm. He seemed to really love people. Obviously, he must have been pretty forgiving because he accepted Paul after all that Paul had done and right. certainly understood the message of forgiveness, grace, and mercy. Mm-hmm. So whatever so, come between them so was yeah, pretty after significant. all that, he still... Right. That's what I'm saying. It had to be something. But I choose to believe it was meant to happen. So that's how I look at it. Um, but, yeah. I That is even more interesting since you said that about how he obviously has shown grace and mercy. And, and you know, like you said, with with telling the other disciples, you know, Paul's okay. So... I don't know that that seems to be the point of the contention but well it was deeper than just like disagreement so let's go back up mm-hmm. <laughs> in the chapter mm-hmm. for context and possibly even more than context the answer Acts 15 verse 13 and after they had held their peace James answered saying men and brethren hearken unto me Simeon hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets, as is written, After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof. And I will set it up that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord who doeth all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Wherefore my sentence is that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. Now, do you know, and I only ask you this because I know that you're a, a, a scholar somewhat of the Bible. You love to study it. You're, you're, you do. You want to read it. You've read a lot of commentaries, more so than me, which is why you're on the podcast. I'm sure God put you on the podcast to keep me in line. Oh, yes. That's exactly why. But I ask you that question because... It's important not only to the podcast, subject mm-hmm. to the podcast, mm-hmm. but I think you already know. What were they talking about? Why do I always feel like you're asking me trick questions? There, well, what we just read was, <laughs> I have to repeat this. They just talked about how that, um, you know, we're going to preach to the Gentiles, and so we should make it easy for the Gentiles to understand, to, you easy. know, obey. <laughs> We're going to write it down for him and make a letter. But, however, the law has been preached in every city from the earliest times and is read in single on every Sabbath. So it's not like they don't know. I think he's saying that. It's not like they don't know. But let's write to them and tell them all these things. So let's go up a little further. Okay. 
Acts 15, verse 1. Mm-hmm. And certain men which came down from Judea, or Judea, taught the brethren, and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, mm-hmm. not each other, with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenice and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying, that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of God, a word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither of our fathers nor we were able to bear. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. So Paul gave a great... Exhortation about how Peter, Peter excuse me. That's right. Um, that he didn't have to follow that. Others didn't have to follow that. And <clears throat> neither our ancestors have been able to bear. I like that verse 11. No, we believe it's through the grace of our Lord Jesus we are saved just as they are. So he basically told them. What? Because I've heard this, I've heard this argued. This is not a setup. They don't have to be circumcised to be saved. They don't have to be circumcised. They don't have to know the Old Testament. They don't have to live by the Mosaic Law. They're just free. They can go out and do whatever they want as long as they don't do these basic, easy, make it easy, Mm -hmm. these small things or these Mm -hmm. small lists. It's a Mm -hmm. large things, but small list of things. But that is a sign. That's not a. That's not a heart motive. I mean, it is as far as if you think you have to do it. But he's saying they don't have to do that. So I disagree, not with you. I disagree with the premise that they don't have to do it in this way. Paul got all upset with Barnabas because John Mark didn't do it. He didn't finish the work. He was a quitter. Mm -hmm. He quit along the way. And what was Paul wanting to do? He was wanting to go back to the churches and find out, had it worked more? Had they gotten better? Had they grown? Had they matured? Let's go back and see how they're doing. And Barnabas certainly was okay with that, except when it come down to Paul actually forgiving John Mark. And Paul couldn't. 
because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and not continued with them in the work. And thus, there was great division between Barnabas and Paul. And Paul chose Silas Mm -hmm. and Barnabas, John Mark. Now, again, we kind of elaborated a bit. I did earlier on what I thought the character of Barnabas was. He was a great guy. I could say the same thing about Paul. I think I probably didn't then because it seems more obvious because we don't hear much more about Barnabas. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's about Barnabas, but it's not in the same dimension or proportion Mm -hmm. we hear about Paul. And with that, as much Peter declared he was the one, (laughs) he didn't. The one that did was the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think the Apostle Paul ever got to the point of telling people what to do. <laughs> but from this point forward, as those, that, that epistle, as he took those epistles, he wrote those epistles, he took that epistle to these Gentiles, uh, Paul slowly, progressively becomes a bit more directed. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have a heart for God. But you're really not doing what you're supposed to do. And I don't know that Paul really was inclined to tell people, again, what to do. But I think his personality was turned toward telling people what to do. He was a Pharisee. Mm -hmm. And though they disavowed the Mosaic law, it wasn't because it was the law or they didn't need to know what to do. It was because the law was supposed to create a motive to do it, but the motive would never come out of punishment. Mm -hmm. You would never find good motive out of scaring somebody to death. Mm -hmm. You would never find good motive out of just telling people what to do. You can help them to identify that inside of them. The Holy Spirit's been there all along. You can help them to realize that's within them, and it's within all people. And Peter was a little slow in getting that message. Mm -hmm. The disciples, the apostles. And so to Paul, I think. But I think Paul probably understood it better because of the conversion that he had. Knowing the law didn't work, Mm -hmm. wasn't complete. Peter, I don't know that he knew that, Simeon. Mm-hmm. It was all right what he said, but he was saying it, as you pointed out earlier, in context to, but Moses was already taught. Mm-hmm. They already knew right from wrong. Now, maybe really God had to teach them from the beginning right wrong, all of us. As with Genesis all the way through uh, to Malachi, I don't think that's true. But I do think God had to call our awareness to right versus wrong. But by this point in history, people knew right from wrong. If there was a conscience, common sense even, that had been there all along, it now was consciousness. Jesus brought it all to awareness. Mm -hmm. And so the messaging was, we don't need to go back and preach to them that or put a yoke upon them in that sort of way. Mm-hmm. We just need to presume that God's work has been complete and full to, this, uh, to the extent it was intention perfected. Right. To the intent God had desired so that he sent his son. It was proper timing that Jesus came when he came. But it was never to the dismissing of the Old Testament mm-hmm. and the Mosaic Law. And I think that's what James was saying. He listened to Peter, then he listened to Paul and Barnabas. They told, oh yeah, they're receiving the Holy Ghost, they're speaking, and it all seemed really good. But what 
I think James did was he acknowledged with that one sentence about every city they were taught had been taught Moses. You can't do that except there's a sense of right and wrong reestablished. And why did I say conscious earlier? Because that's where your choice comes from. You have to choose to do the right thing. It seems like work. It doesn't seem easy. But the good news is, again, you got it easy, Carolyn. I got it easy. Because God's already put that in me. (laughs) The struggle is me arriving at the point of summer point of awareness mm-hmm. and then doing it. Mm-hmm. But God really doesn't have any place in heaven, so to speak, for quitters. There is no, there's no place in heaven, I'll put it this way, the Bible, as would represent that, teach us of that, demonstrate that, as you said, show it, for quitters. If Jesus had quit, what would we be? Where would we be? Right. Well, there's people that would say he couldn't, that he didn't have a choice. Yeah, but that would be control. And that is not what God is about. And that's what they're arguing over here. Should we try to control them or should we allow what God has already put in them to manifest itself in the right way? But that's the message of the Bible and it's the message of everyone's life. And the more we assert that control, that kind of contention will get you in trouble. Because that will drive a wedge between people faster than anything. And, you know, all of us have been on both sides of that. Not knowing, coming to know, making a decision about Jesus, understanding the rights and the wrong, the conscience that God's put in us. The Holy Spirit brought again back to that level of insight and where that's what we do in psychotherapy or with mm-hmm. biblical counseling, and I do in psychotherapy. I try to raise it to and ele- elevate it to a place of awareness and <laughs> trust that people got common sense. It's in them. But if you don't understand how both of those work together and you can't understand, though you have already come to an awareness and now it's second nature to you, there's some people out there that are ignorant, that have no awareness. Mm -hmm. They're not ignorant of the law because the law is written upon their heart. It was there, though, before Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus just resurrected it, Mm -hmm. brought it back to life. Mm -hmm. I'll pause. No, I just was thinking about that that time in my life about ten years ago when when I when I was that person and I had the law written on my heart and I knew all the verses and I went to church and I was saved and et cetera, et cetera. But there was so many things that I just didn't have the awareness on. Now I can sit here and have pity party and feel bad about that. But I don't because God executed everything in His timing. And perhaps I wasn't ready for that awareness yet. I don't know. I'm just going to trust Him that it was the right timing. But I just remember that feeling, that awareness of like learning things and just how small a box I had got in and didn't even know it. And if you had asked me, I would have never said that. That's the scary part that I think is that I would have never thought that I was so ignorant of things 
That's really kind of scary, actually. You're not scary, well, you don't know until God points it out. I know, but the thing of it is, is I thought I knew. I mean, that's the crazy part. And that's the dangerous thing. Exactly. And that's what yeah. these folks are doing. They're exactly. presuming they know because in the immediacy of the mm-hmm. moment they're in, historically mm-hmm. as, as much human race, mm-hmm. humanity, but also their lives, they think they got it all resolved. Mm-hmm. No, because it is something that will continue to Christ comes again. Right. And with that, everybody's life... It's going to include the same journey and not everybody's going to be at the same point at mm-hmm. the same time along the mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And we can't just presume mm-hmm. common sense. You can't presume right. because there's a lot of people in this world today mm-hmm. that are ignorant mm-hmm. of the Word of God. There's a lot of people today, though it's been preached in the synagogues as mm-hmm. Moses, they don't go. They don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the contentions that, that Paul encountered with Silas, that God landed him in prison, was because he was preaching to a humanistic society of Romans who right. did not want to hear it. Right. And who stole their trickery. <laughs> Soothsayer, that lady. That yeah, would, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they ended up, the magistrates threw him in prison. <laughs> She's and all getting that. on our nerves. She won't shut up. <laughs> yes, but the point of it is, though, we need to raise the awareness or right. keep the awareness, not right. because it really establishes or const- it's not a construct. It's not something we create. Mm-hmm. It's in every one of us. Mm-hmm. We just get yep. in the way. Yes. Our humanity does. Yes, Unless we know right from wrong in that term, mm-hmm. in those terms, or understand the heart dimensions of all this as, mm-hmm. as we're discussing it, mm-hmm. we're going to be... Letting people tell us what to do because we're going to need people to tell us what to do because we won't have any common sense. We won't have any conscience, but then it's all going to be contention. And it's not the kind of stuff we talked about, you know, well, we'll never let anything big or major get between us because we're Christian. And we're friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you and I may have a disagreement. And it may be on this point. One day you may be more about the law and I may be more about grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. One day I may be more about mm-hmm. the law and you may be more about grace and mercy. Did I say that the right way? Mm-hmm. I think so. And we're going to keep going back and forth because mm-hmm. that's the way the two parts work. Mm-hmm. I think that was what was going on with Paul and Barnabas. But they talked about it. Mm-hmm. They discussed it. Mm-hmm. They all had agreement. And then the moment they got out of there mm-hmm. and went back to what they were doing, it manifests itself. Mm-hmm. The possibility of contention, these two forces, which mm-hmm. seemingly are contradictory, but really in Jesus come together. They discovered we're not only was not only still at work, but it was essentially performing the work of God to our salvation. Hmm. And continues. I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall during that conversation (laughs) between Paul and Barnabas. But, you know, I kind of liken it to Paul. He knew. He knew all of it. He was a Pharisee, a non-Pharisee. He was everything. He knew it all. He knew how to follow the, the letter. But the grace had not come to him yet. And so I feel like he struggled, that there's that struggle that he can't forget because he can't forget who he was or who he is does that make sense like you know if you're um if you're an artist and then you go become a construction worker you you don't forget how to paint you you know what i'm saying he some of that was still in him and i even thought about that in that verse where it says he wanted to go see how they're doing i wondered if part of him 
was like, I want to see if they're following the law. I want to well, see it's true. You know, like that, that part of him, because that's who he was for so long. But you do have to perspective. I think there's going to be a need to, to have disputation. It's called science. It's mm-hmm. his thesis, hypothesis. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's just rationale. It's reasoning. It's logic. It's in us to do that, by the way. That's also in us as much as the Holy Spirit is in us. That's in us. So there's no curse, nothing wrong. Actually, the curse would be if you don't have these conversations. And they did the right thing. They got together. But that's right. my point. There's always going to be those level, that level of disputation. Mm-hmm. There is. There's always going to be dispute. There's always going to be this didactic. Questioning. Yeah, going yeah. dialectical. This going yeah, yeah. back and forth, mm-hmm. whether it's within yourself, because mm-hmm. you have that, hopefully. Right. In terms of some self-talk, mm-hmm. you talk to God, you the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you go back and forth in that mm-hmm. way, but also each other. But the notion would be, one, the error would be that we would resort to or see that as evil or bad. Mm-hmm. It gives place, it gives opportunity for the devil to get in it. But it in itself is not evil or bad. Right, but that's the whole point. Because that's what God does. He trusts me and you enough to make a good decision with all the apparatus and equipment and especially the Holy Spirit, the common sense, dimension of common sense, manifestation, common sense, and conscience. You don't have to construct the conscience. Mm -hmm. You don't have to construct common sense. (laughs) You, You construct human paradigm you have to go through logic and reasoning with what you've been given as far as your understanding in human terms. But it always should be deferent to or in deference to the highest order, which is conscience. I'm going to keep calling it common sense. Holy Spirit stuff. But you have to elevate it to a certain level lest you get caught up in what you were saying earlier. At the time, you didn't even know that you didn't know what you didn't know. Right. Right. And at the time, you were really confident that what you knew was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, that's not a curse. Right. It's just, right. except, you wouldn't also understand, there's going to be a different perspective. And you have to get that. Mm-hmm. It's called perspective taking in terms of more the behavioral health sort of dimensions of the counseling that we do. Empathy, you have to understand each other's feelings. There's a certain degree of validation. I've already kind of called it out as empiricism and science. Mm-hmm. But they were just practicing good science. And there was a bit of calibration. Paul come to an awareness, I'm going to have to do a little bit more than just mm-hmm. tell them not to fornicate. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially, don't be disobedient to your conscience. Mm-hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit in you. But they were still in babes mm-hmm. in the material dimension. Right. Their awareness of Which just is okay. how sinful they, their nature well, was, the human nature is, or could be, and bad choices. Right. They were just coming to that. They were just coming to that, which I'm saying is okay in that they're still learning. I, there's people that I see that come to see me here at Covenant, that, and it's, it's, I'm not sure what the word is. Um, hmm. Validating, I don't know. It's it's special. It's it's a sweet moment when people come to those realizations, and then they'll tell me like, "I didn't know what I didn't know," 
and now I know, you know, and they'll, they'll come to this awareness and I'm like, that's right. You know, and it, it's just like that light bulb moment. But then I always reinforce, like, I want to, uh, support that sort of build them up and, you know, make sure that there's no shame or condemnation there that it's okay. It's okay to not know what you didn't know. But now that you do know, and we move forward with a different thought process, but I've had several people that, you know, kind of, it's like, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And that's a beautiful moment when people come to realizations, they become aware of things. Well, the material manifestation of that is always going to change Mm -hmm. because, again, one day you might be grace, one day I might be law, one day you might be law, one day I might be grace, we might be Old Testament one day, we might be New Testament. Mm -hmm. It's constantly going back and forth. What this really is all about is learning how to obey. And what are you in obedience to? Mm -hmm. It's your heart. If your heart would be filled with the Holy Spirit, which we believe I would. You don't have to agree with me. I believe it is. God put that seed in us from the very beginning. It's his divine nature that's in us that works. He works to our even, in a human dimension, understanding salvation. Mm-hmm. Or in a human dimension, say, oh, now I get it. It's called salvation. I need to be obedient to my conscience. Mm -hmm. I need to the God conscience. I need to be obedient to some dimension of common sense. Mm -hmm. I don't need to get caught up in such the head stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without that at the base that I get lost all the time or Mm -hmm. stay lost Mm -hmm. all the time. Can't make a good decision. Somebody's got to tell me what to do. But to facilitate that, we don't create the insight. We stir up the gift. Mm. And in stirring it up, we set back, I don't know about you, and witness the glory of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's coming out of them. Where did it come from? It wasn't me. I've tried a million ways, as he said to Sunday, trying to tell them what they needed to do. These stubborn, stiff-necked people. Well, we just need to, to beat them into submission, Moses. Yeah. Beat them into submission. Take this rod that God gave me, and then I will lay it on them and make... No, that's not... But you can't forget the rod. What is the spirit of the rod spoil the child? Mm-hmm. You can't forget the rod because there's a time and place in everybody's life where you need that. Mm-hmm. But isn't it also wonderful when you get to the moment where all of a sudden they get it? And all of a sudden you can witness it. And all of a sudden you can testify unto it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you realize this is salvation. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question. There's, there's been a little kind of controversy about that, about the new heart. We get a new heart when we're saved. So, what are your thoughts on when people say, ah, but the heart is deceitful above all things, as if we're not to trust our heart? Well, my, my question would be, as you started the whole podcast, what are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. If we're talking about the human nature, mm-hmm. and we're talking about really what seems easy, and we're talking about 
individuals who have not been properly brought up in the way of the Lord. We're talking about individuals who don't know the, don't have an understanding of right from wrong because they've never really either been taught that or with teaching, it was just words. There was no work or actions. There was no disputation. And I'm not saying you can't when you're talking about a child do correction, but when you become an adult, you can't do that. It just does not work. The time to do that is when they're when they're children, but not because we have that all the power, <laughs> but because that is when all of us are most malleable or open right. to shaping. Right. But at the same time, though, if we're talking about the deceitfulness of the heart, mm-hmm. it's we're talking about people who've never come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But if you've come to Jesus. And you understand all of this, and even so, <laughs> what we've read, mm-hmm. Acts 15, mm-hmm. thus far today of the podcast, was about the disciples and the elders, the apostle and the elders, the disciples, understanding again, or acknowledging with awareness and insight what this is really all about. It was all those different perspectives. James listened to Peter, then he listened to Paul and Barnabas, and then he said, okay, this is what I'm going to take from this then. Mm-hmm. For the moment that we're in right now, mm-hmm. let's go easy on the law because we think they know the law and they seem to show some recognition of their right and their wrong. They've confessed their sin nature. Right. So we don't want to make them, we don't want to run the risk of the disobedience or the rebellious Moses encountered the stiff neck mm-hmm. by putting too much of a yoke on them. But the yoke that Moses put on them was what set them up for the salvation of Christ. Do you see what I'm saying? That you can't be dismissive. Mm-hmm. You can't presume that in a heart sort of way, a material sort of way, the Gentiles, kids, those that are immature, mm-hmm. know anything about the necessity to not only listen to their heart, God, conscience, mm-hmm. no right from wrong, learn, from, but to align their brain with it and then exercise with good choice to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, if we started there and just said, well, you have to do it, they're just going to say, why? Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. do anything. Oh. Well, get you in trouble. Well, like <laughs> most people, kids, mm-hmm. they're going to go out and get in trouble. I'll they're going to learn, yeah, yeah. learn the hard way. <laughs> I'll worry about that when I have to, when the time comes. Oh, yikes. How many times have we heard people say that? I mean, in regards to their salvation, I'll just, I'll worry about that later. I don't have time to think about that. I'll deal with that when I get older. <laughs> Today is the day of salvation, is what the word says. But um, I do like the idea of how that sort of broken down. It was a good scripture to read. I'm glad you chose that because. Uh, sometimes it's helpful to see how they get to their conclusions or how they get to these points and and the fact that they kind of discussed it. Um, sometimes I feel like we just see them as superheroes or you know people the apostle you know Paul especially Paul Peter you know like they're just on this pedestal and you know they can do no wrong but to see them actually kind of hash things out and and talk about things and and even make you know, right and wrong choices. Um, Paul must have been a little stubborn. He just, he, yeah, he was operating within the context too. Mm-hmm. There are powers that influenced him besides himself. He was not, he did not have all power over all material mm-hmm. in a direct sort of way, but he did because he was aligned with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and aligned with God. Mm-hmm. He struggled, and we just all do. Mm-hmm. It never goes away. 
Right. That dispute disputation within ourselves never goes away. Right. The didactic sort of model never goes away. Mm-hmm. The dialectical model never goes away. It's just, but it's not a measure of your salvation, right. except that in the end, you wouldn't listen to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't get to the place of not only listening, but then, John Mark, do it. There's no room in heaven for quitters. There's no room in the Bible for quitters. You have to keep... And this idea that they did that, that was a sign of health. Mm-hmm. Nobody got crucified. Right. Nobody was thrown under the bus. We didn't pull out the rod. We didn't pull out the whips. We didn't become taskmasters. We didn't force our, our will. We have to live with choice and realize not everybody's at the same place. And operationally, I should say that. What we're really saying in psychological terms, they just weren't equipped yet. Mm-hmm. At least as adults they are. When they're children, they're not. When people are at that age, they're not fully equipped operationally on the systems. But most of these folks were, were fully equipped. They just had never learned to use it or actualize it. That's what we do with the counseling. We help them and the word. The word is disputation. You read the word, and I don't know about you, but I go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and try to understand. Not because my understanding will save me, but my understanding will garner my cooperation. Right. And I'll be listening then, not through my head, but through the good heart. Mm-hmm. For the word of God manifests not only in the word that I'm reading, but the living word inside of me. That's my salvation. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do that with you. I just hope you don't get so mad at me or I get so mad at you that one day it'll be a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. And that somehow we'll go separate directions and we'll never talk again. That would be very sad to think that. I know. I, that is. And I... I don't like to think of things like that. You know, I'm an eternal optimist, so I always... (laughs) And you can make fun of me, you know, people tease me about that, but I don't care. That's just what I choose. I'm telling you, memorizing Scripture has not always been one of my favorite things to do. But when I started memorizing verses again, and Romans 15, 13 was the first one that I did, and... I'm telling you, I, I don't know. I just it just clicked with me that may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's just so many nuggets in that that I am going to look for the good. And I mentioned that earlier. You know, I said, and we go on and we see what all Paul and Silas got into later. I mean, look at that. Look at all the great things. I mean, immediately, you know, my mind goes to their their jail cell, you know, midnight song um, story. I think of that. But God had a plan in that. So, you know, when we look at that separation, do we get sad? I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just questioning that. Like, if it was you and I, I'd be sad. But then we look at, like, what happened later, and it's like, should we be sad? Well, we're never separated <clears throat> in the Holy Spirit. True. And we always have the promise of rejoining or joining back together right. mm-hmm. in eternal dimensions. Right. And even in spirit dimensions. And I think mm-hmm. that's obvious, too, as you read the epistles. 
Paul's heart was not only with those that he was ministering to directly or imminently or immediately in his situation and circumstance, but it was all those that believed and he loved and, and he shared and, and he wanted to be with them. And I think part of that was he had Barnabas spirit. He just went at it in a different direction, mm-hmm. but they end up in Jesus. Both of those directions, right. yeah. because Jesus is what brings both of those mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. in the right measure proportion at the right time. Mm-hmm. It has to be. But I would feel regret and sadness, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I would understand. Mm-hmm. These things just have to be for the season that we're in, and nobody really understands fully or entirely why it has to go necessarily in a human way, mm-hmm. the way that it does, but in a spiritual, eternal way, we all know. It's all to the work of God, but the work is so much easier. The yoke. The burden is so much lighter when you approach it the way we're talking about on the podcast versus trying to either plow that field, push against the pricks, the goats, the yoke, as Paul was before. But you'll still go through a struggle bringing your body into submission and then the consequences of that. But it's, 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 we're going to all end up at the same place. Your body is not going to survive. It's not about your body. It's not about, it seems like that, and at times it is that, fight or flight, that kind of thing. But in the end, you have to negotiate that too. It's not about that. So here's a question for you. So after all of this, and all this was about circumcision. Right. So you would think Paul would never circumcise another person in his life. One would think, perhaps, however you're going to tell us something. Well, (laughs) do you think he did? You're going to put me on the spot and ask me that, and I'm going to say I don't remember. Yeah, I don't don't always remember either. He didn't. (laughs) I wouldn't think so. Guess who he had circumcised? I feel it set up on that. (laughs) Guess who he circumcised? Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, well... Okay, so I just went over, and I'm, I'm spoiler alert, I just went over to Act 16. Yes, it's easy. And there is... It's permission. Disciple. I'm giving you permission okay, to do that. so Paul came to Lister where a disciple named Timothy lived, and Paul Timothy's. wanted to take him along the journey, and Timothy was... Um, his mother was Jewish, his father was Greek. He wanted to take him along with him, so he circumcised him because... The very next words, because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. So did he have to establish his credential, his credibility? And I'm not saying it was right. I'm not saying it was wrong. I'm just saying you if you look at it that? literally, absolutely, mm-hmm. there is no, I could not think of a reason. And Timothy, we know he loved Timothy like a son. Mm-hmm. But he went ahead and had him circumcised. And, of course, he probably went okay with Timothy's mom because she was Jewish. Mm-hmm. But Paul wanted to make sure everybody knew for the sake of, I guess, everybody knowing mm-hmm. if it helped them to think that he was Jewish, then there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that Paul put him under the yoke of that. Right. But in the same sort of way... How would Timothy have been? I mean, what would he have been teaching? He'd been doing with Timothy Mm -hmm. what he was doing with the New Testament churches, the Gentiles, Mm -hmm. as these churches were being established. He's just bringing them up in the way of the Lord. 
and he's teaching them elements of discipline. Right. And in the moment, that was the right thing to do. And I think we do that today. I think it just looks different. I think there's elements that we do with even new believers that are similar, but certainly not circumcision, or I hope not. (laughs) But I think that we do things like that today. I think it's just in different contexts, I think. Would you agree with that? I, I feel like that there are things that we do. Well, let's go to church. Not, <laughs> and it's not, quote, absolutely necessary. It's going to church. It's the traditions of men. Yeah. But it does serve a purpose in the sense that it tries to bring into proper alignment, mm-hmm. again, the mm-hmm. consciousness, mm-hmm. the material dimension of human personality, the human heart, Mm -hmm. so to speak, into alignment with the divine or the godly nature, the human nature. That's not altogether wrong. No! An image is not altogether wrong. Just make sure that whatever you're manifesting Mm -hmm. is done with good foundation and comes out of the Holy Spirit, lest you then... And also, I think, I'm going to add this. David, not necessarily God. Paul said that. It's my opinion, not necessarily God's. But I think you've got to be careful because in churches, in traditions, some people won't understand that. Mm-hmm. And they'll look and they'll say, well, why is this person doing that? I thought that was wrong for that mm-hmm. person to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if they do it from the pulpit or the platform, or as would then be held out with an example, mm-hmm. even if it's in okay in their immaturity, you've got to realize you cannot do that so easily, or if it's done, there may come a time too you have to go to that person and say, you need to be circumcised. I'm sorry, I don't think salvation comes from circumcision. Mm-hmm. I, I know you know the Word. I know you know your sin nature. I know you understand the Old Testament. I know you understand why you need Jesus. I know you understand that you're at enmity right now in your flesh with the Holy Spirit, or that you know what that's like. But I just need to remind you, there's people out there who don't. Mm. And we need so good. we need to bring you into proper alignment mm. if you're going to, or if you're going to be you, and this is going to be more organic, mm-hmm. and everybody should be entitled to that, let's keep it a little bit more private. Mm-hmm. But when they get to that point where they're starting to sort of allow things to happen on the surface, mm-hmm. and the Gentiles see that, and they, mm-hmm. they think, oh, that's okay. Oh, it's okay to do this and still go to church. Oh, it's okay. Or we'll just go to church and pretend like that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Or somebody's done something and they're still up on the platform praising and worshiping and Mm -hmm. the hypocrisy. And and I understand all of us are guilty of that. That that's going to be a struggle. And that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. That's the real work of it. Mm -hmm. Is knowing how to allow the Holy Spirit to put those two worlds, our flesh nature, the need for law, the need for Mm self-discipline into proper alignment with the salvation message that that doesn't save you, but it's part of your salvation. Hmm. So many things I want to say right now. <laughs> but however, I shall keep those to myself at this moment. Uh, I completely agree with you. And I have seen that. Albeit, I wasn't... I don't feel like God told me to go have that conversation, what you just said with them. But I feel like that you are spot on with that happening, and I see it happening. I've seen it happening. So we're not immune to that. 
and I think we just have to address it and and you know I said stubborn earlier about Paul but not really stubborn I guess is not really the right word is just dealing with it just being willing to go there and deal with it and of course there's the other side of that which is we could just be a living testimony of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit and with all our blemishes with all our our problems I don't know that we want to again air all our dirty laundry but we should not live in a world of pretense Mm -hmm. that's a risk and maybe that is the greater testimony is that we could call each other out openly Mm -hmm. so that as a group all of us hanging out together you're right I probably need to check into that I probably need to look at my heart Mm -hmm. allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to me where my heart is I probably need to take another look at that well that would be the optimal response but that's not always the response (laughs) that we get but you need both sides of that because if that's not the optimal response then you've probably got a person that is pretty immature right? and that's probably how God figures out who's going to lead and who's not Mm -hmm. because at that moment that may be all you got and you may that may be the leader but at some point along the way, you can't stay in the desert. Mm-hmm. You know, Moses right. didn't get into the wilderness. Didn't get the promise. Right. That's what we needed, though, was mm-hmm. somebody more than Moses. But Moses served his purpose. Mm-hmm. But now we have the complete. And that's the whole, again, all of this in Acts 15. It's what Peter pointed out. Now we have Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now we know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And Paul, even I think Mars. Even David sort thinking of about Mars Hill eventually. Mm-hmm. It's... It, it is the example. Mm-hmm. But even Jesus, that's what we try to point out on the podcast, not to lessen Christ, but to celebrate. Even with Jesus, there's disputation within himself and not necessarily yeah. with God. Yes. But there's that going back and forth, the human yes. nature, the mm-hmm. divine nature, the mm-hmm. purposes, the work. It's a hallmark of being a Christian. If you take the easy route, <laughs> you're probably not either mature mm-hmm. Or maybe so, really not even knowing Christ or the the gospel because Jesus went to the cross. Right. That's obedience. Mm -hmm. Is all of this, again, takes you to not only Jesus, but your own cross that you have to bear. And that's the real telltale sign. And if a person gets off path and strays and you go to your brethren and you know, Jesus gives an example, go directly to them. If they won't listen, take two or three mm-hmm. witnesses and take them for the church. If we do that in the right sort of way, then they'll come back around and it'll be a great testimony. Mm-hmm. But if they're refusing, then you know somebody's going to get crucified. We shouldn't crucify them. But in that same sort of way, you're going to die to yourself because you just have to trust mm-hmm. that you've done everything you can right. or as you demonstrate that in mm-hmm. that sort of measure, if that's not going to move them, stir up the gift in them, there's nothing that's going to stir up the gift in them. So I think both sides of that, sometimes you have to kind of hold that mm-hmm. into more private sort of conversations. Mm-hmm. And again, Jesus points that out. But I think in the end, it all becomes an open testimony because... I'm the chief among sinners. The Apostle Paul knew, learned, understood how all that worked. But that's, again, taking it back to the relevance of the podcast, what is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry. That's what Covenant Specialized Mm -hmm. Pastoral Care Mm -hmm. Services, Christian Counseling. We do that one-on-one. 
and we assist people. But I would always take it back to, well, you probably need to go talk to the people that you've really sinned against Mm -hmm. or you've been part of the conflict or disputation with and get this thing resolved. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you mentioned that about Jesus uh, and that, that disputation. I just talked to somebody about that the other day and I just used that example. And lest we think that there's this, um, like objective this this level of Christianity that like we can't achieve and you know we're not Jesus you know I've heard people say that well, I'm not Jesus and I would say look what about the garden I mean he didn't just okay that sounds great I'll go be crucified <laughs> I mean he struggled with it he read it for yourself you don't believe me so I think people forget that sometimes you know they they hear me encourage them and give them the word and they're like yeah, but I just, you know, I, Jesus was Jesus, so, you know. And so I think it's helpful to see that, what you just said. It's it's helpful for us to see that even Jesus struggled with doing the right thing. He obeyed. He did it. But he was like, if you could take his cup from me, mm-hmm. that'd be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I just, I always want to remind people about that, that we're not that much different. I mean, he's Christ. Obviously, there's a difference. But that we don't want what we don't want either, you know, that's that human part of us. But then there's, there comes the obedience and there's, there's the choice. And I liken it to a dial, you know, because it's not going to change on its own. Like the thermostat doesn't set its own temperature. You know, somebody has to do that. Used to be, remember the old thermometers that, or thermometer, thermostat that had the, turn it. You have to turn the dial. And that's what I tell people, those I don't know what they expect when they come see me, but I just, uh, you know, it's your choice. You have to choose to do it, and it, you're not going to wake up and just feel like, you know, sure, sure, God, I'll go do that very thing I don't want to do. It doesn't usually work that way, but we can get to that point. Mm. We can get to that point where we do it joyfully together. It's and, and yes, and individually, right? So it is true. You got it easy, Carolyn. <laughs> Except you have to put up with me. <laughs> and, Amen. There we go. That's where the disputation, but it's mm-hmm. all toward iron sharpening iron. And so too. And wounds from a friend can be trusted. Yeah. I thought of that earlier when you said that about how you said something hurtful and I was like, but you, you said, you know, you went to the person and said, you know, look, this is something you don't need to be doing or whatever. And I thought of that scripture. And I was like, it depends on the motive. But it depends on the other person. I can trust you to say something really hurtful to me. Mm. I'm not saying it'll feel good or I'll no, like it. But, but, it's but in, I can trust your motive in your heart. It's in the name of Jesus. And mm-hmm. I mean that not and only. I can trust him. Not only in some sort of. Mm-hmm. I guess outward sort of. Like, I'm doing this for your own good in the name of Jesus. I, I really, well, I've heard that I really see it though. Not only that, mm-hmm. but I see it more so because I do love you, and that's what we do when we love one another. Mm-hmm. We do it in kindness. We do it in the name of Jesus. We do it as with allowing the Holy Spirit. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will check us and say, "Don't." Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of examples, even as much then immediate to Barnabas and Paul and their disagreement going different directions. Holy Spirit checked them and said, Mm -hmm. don't go. Don't go there. Don't go to Asia. I think Mm -hmm. it was Paul and Silas at that Mm -hmm. point. Don't go to Asia. Right. Why not? Well, we don't, I don't know. Maybe at some point as we do these deep Mm -hmm. dives, it'll come to an awareness, Mm -hmm. really speculation as to why that is. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will check you and say, don't. Mm -hmm. But it's 
obedience mm -hmm. and it's dying to self and it's recognizing the value of the disputation would be so that we could then properly align our human dimension individually, thoughts, emotions as two or more. Your thoughts, your emotions, my thoughts, my emotions, whatever the group is that we're part of the community mm -hmm. so that we can do God's will in the right. way that He would want us to in yeah. the season and the moment we're in. Right. But it always will be with that combo, combination mm -hmm. of Old and New Testament and God works. It's just constantly. Mm -hmm. He uses both back and forth, mm -hmm. back mm -hmm. and forth, back and forth. Mm -hmm. That's just, the, you cannot dismiss mm -hmm. the Old Testament. No. You can't. Absolutely it just not. will not work. Right. All right. So should individuals, <laughs> persons, and, you know, Carolina, I should say this. You do work, we do work with families mm -hmm. and kids even. Mm -hmm. Yep. Should they want to come see us? How do they get a hold that of us? That would be awesome. You can give me a call at 304-528-9220. Or you can drop me an email, covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. You can go on our website, covenantsonline.com, or check us out on Facebook. And they can always come back. We hope the, you do. <laughs> to the next podcast. Should they not want to meet us in person... I don't know why they might not, but should they not, they can always come back you and, don't catch, see us, you and catch the next episode of What is Covenant's yeah. Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Caroline Barnett and Dave Clay. God bless you.